worship service and message. Amen. I, I am excited about that. Are you? Amen. Praise God. It's good to be here today. Uh, I count it a privilege and honor to be able to come here in front of you. Amen. And uh, teach a lesson, preach, preach, whatever you want to call it today. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is my uh, this is my first opportunity after the storm. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the storm a little bit uh, today. I'm gonna incorporate that with our message, uh, All Nations Day. If you didn't know that, today is All Nations Day, and. Uh, I think our community went through something that brought us all together in the same concept that God wants all nations to be unified as one, amen, in his word, in his gospel, in his salvation, amen. And it's up to us, at, like we're doing today, to bring the community. It's like it's up to us as we did through the storm and after the storm, like we did to reach our community. And so I, uh, I can't even remember what I titled this. It doesn't really matter because it was just convoluted. Uh, something about All Nations Day and a storm or something like that. Uh, maybe I didn't even put the storm up there. That's good. But the disciples were in a boat, a ship. We, we kind of um, talked about, I, I believe it might even been the same story Pastor brought up, uh, either... Uh, last Sunday or the, or the Thursday before or something. But in Matthew 8, 23, it says, uh, And when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So they followed him into this boat. And behold, there arose a great tempest, uh, a storm, insomuch the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Now, I know this is real familiar to you because as soon as I said that, now I remember when Pastor was talking about that. It's a very familiar story in the Bible. What was Jesus doing sleeping in the storm. And his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And then I'm going to do something unorthodox. I'm going to go over completely out of this subject to Acts 10, verse 35. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So I did want to talk about the storm today, but also how God is a God of all nations and all peoples. And when you're a God, when you serve a God of all people and all nations, then this next verse, we're going to go back to Matthew 8, 26. And he said unto them, why are you fearful? Oh, you have a little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and seas, and there was a great calm. When you serve a God like that, Amen. No matter where you're from, where, what you do, amen, where you live, God is faithful and he can calm your storm right then. Amen. Why don't you shake someone's hand and you may be seated. Amen. Do you already feel it this morning? Do you already feel the way the wind started started picking up? The waves started crashing. God is going to do something today. He's going to do something today here at Apostolic Praise. He's going to bless someone today. Why not make it you? Why not let it be you? He wants to bless every one 
of you. As I look around the church and I look around churches that I visit, um, it's a cliche, but it's also true that the uh, United Pentecostal Church Apostolic Faith is a melting pot of faces and individuals and peoples from around the world, around every nation. And it's so important to understand that, that this was God's plan. Not something that some 13-year-old devised in her brain to get all people to work together. It's, it's, it's something that God instituted from the beginning. God saves all who comes to him in faith, no matter who they are, where they're from. We have a little insight of how Adam and Eve's life was before the fall, but we do know how people lived since the fall. Uh, humans uh, quickly became tribal, especially after Babel, and before long they were scattered geographically um, and socially. Boundaries were established and barriers to social interactions were created, thus separating the, the unity of the people when they started bringing up these barriers and, and, and uh, cultural uh, obstacles in their lives. The world we live in today is no stranger to this as well. Sin always separates what should be together. Think about that. Sin always separates what should be together and always brings together what should be separated. That'll preach. You guys can use that later on. Because I didn't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> God desires something different, though. He came not to only reconcile the world to himself, but also to bring reconciliation between the people. The, ideal of a, the idea of a society that includes, embraces, and benefits all people is not some new ideal, as I just mentioned before, or that was just thought of. The kingdom of God was designed as an example of this ideal. God's plan has always been to eventually bless all nations and restore them to him. It's God's promise that all nations of the earth would be blessed through Abraham's seed. In Psalm 147, uh, if I can just paraphrase, pray, uh, it praises God for building up Jerusalem. And we know all about Jerusalem and how it means to the church and, and about uh, them being God's uh, chosen people. And it, and it talks about bringing up Jerusalem and bringing the people of Israel together. And verse 20 acknowledges that God had not dealt with any other nation this way. He treated and, and, and helped and whatever, treated Israel and Jerusalem a little bit different. And today, the church, us, we're an extension of that church, of Jerusalem, of the children of Israel. So what was once only available to a few would one day become available for all, all nations. Everywhere, the Messiah, the seed of Abraham. Hebrews 8, 6 says this, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Through Jesus, all humanity would be reconciled and welcomed into the kingdom of God. And if you're like me, as I was, I was, I was going over and putting this lesson together, I am thinking of what we did here at Apostolic Praise after the storm, what we did in our communities, what you did to your friends, helped with your friends. And I got to thinking all nations, 
all people deserve and needs God's salvation. And so I, I wanted to kind of combine uh, the, this message with All Nations Day as well as uh, going through and post-storm related. A picture of the kingdom that I was talking about is found in Revelation 7. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb. I know not everyone had the opportunity to be out after the storm here with that because of other priorities and taking care of your all that, but I noticed coming through here, it was an all-nations parade of cars. It was. It was it was unbelievable and wonderful. And, and me being a military brat, where I traveled around and met people of every culture and different countries or states, it, it was like being back as a kid again. It's like this was awesome and amazing. And that's why I, I, I just feel so comfortable talking about it, not only talking about it, but also experiencing that. So Peter had a vision. God opened the door for the church to the Gentiles' uh, world by giving two devout men a series of visions. If we go pre-Acts, um, we understand that the church itself was divided or uh, it was us four no more. It, the Jews were just Jews. If you were Jewish, you were just Jews. You were not. If you were a Gentile, if you were just someone, you you were not a part of that group. But the day of Pentecost changed that. And so uh, God opened the doors to the uh, church to the Gentiles uh, by giving uh, these two men a series of visions. And we're going to just briefly go over these. Uh, Acts 10, Cornelius, a Roman centurion or soldier or commander, who Luke described as a generous and God-fearing and prayful Gentile. Uh, we're bringing him up. An angel told, told Cornelius that his prayers and generosity stood as a memorial before God. God, God. God listens. He knows. He understands. And he's like, this is somebody I could use to reach all nations. Then the angel told him to meet up with the apostle Peter. Cornelius was uh, assured Peter would mentor him closer to God. At the same time, God was preparing Peter's heart through another vision. And the vision that Peter saw, is it, it, it's very controversial, I believe. But he saw a variety of animals and reptiles and birds, and suddenly a voice told Peter to go up and kill and eat. And the voice responded, perhaps uh, more sternly, after Peter responded and said, wait a second, I've never done that before. I'm not going to do that. And he, and then the voice, which was the Lord, said this, what God has cleansed, that call not thou common. Don't, you know, you call that not thou common. This exchange was repeat, repeated three times, impressing on Peter the intention of the gravity of his vision. But Peter... He was a relentless follower of God. I'm not going to change my ways, not even for a voice. His obedience to God, even in the face of persecution, is well documented. We understand how faithful Peter was. 
Yet in Peter's vision, even though he knew the voice as the Lord, and I'm talking to someone this morning, some people this morning, even though he knew the voice of the Lord, he told the Lord that he couldn't obey his commandments because of tradition. Because it was contrary to what he has always done. Peter struggled mainly because of his customs and cultures and beliefs and made him resistant to obeying the voice of God. Have you ever come across somebody like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to meddle a little bit, Bishop. I'm, have you ever come across her? Well, in my last church, we didn't do it like that. Well, why? Can you, oh, it's just, just the way we didn't do that, and that you guys shouldn't do it here. <laughs> Wait a second. You, there are people like that. Some, some it's a little, it's, it's com- comical, and sometimes it's very serious. Uh, of, of what's happening and how they were taught. Uh, and that's in apostolic faith. But, I mean, when you come across from a different religion or different denomination, then it's entirely different as well. And, and that's what we see here. Peter is coming out of a traditional church, and God is showing him the way. Peter struggled because of his customs. Today, we are inundated by voices that may influence our thoughts and action. Some voices even come from within. No matter who we are, family, friends, and society have exposed us to different experiences and suggestions. What we have heard about people of other cultures may have been negative, and it may have been positive. I cannot and will not presume up here standing in front of you to understand or to judge how you were raised the same way you could not understand or judge how I was raised without a conversation between us. So if you got the meaning of that, don't prejudge somebody because of where they came from, what they look like, how they dress. If you have a preconceived idea about someone based on the pigmentation of their skin, then you are not being Christ-like. Negative experiences possibly tarnish our impression of entire groups of people. Remember, all nations. Embedded cultural stereotypes might have also had some measure of impact on our outlook of others. Some voices are external. Now's a time of extraordinary exposure to true and false information. Secular or even, and even some religious voices have a vested interest in division and decay of society. Just look at the news. You see all kind of groups and uh, social groups. As I, again, I, I can't get out of the groups. Gangs things that are coming up and they're trying to separate people by trying to call for unity. So you got to be careful of that. That's just the devil's tactics. The devil has also always used division as a primary tactic. He understands that any division with the church body hinders its progress. So he will use every avenue available to divide. I I tease people and I I kind of I'm blunt because I don't know maybe I just have to be I was raised that way. Yes, I was raised just to be blunt and to tell you, "Hey, I love you." Or come up and you say, "Hey, is there an issue?" 
I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that. No one intimidates me in that way that I can't do that. Um, and in the church, I will, I can't tolerate it. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the bishop. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a grow group person, a leader, and I teach here, but I will not tolerate that at all. If there's any kind of division like that, I I just, it, it just doesn't work that way in God's kingdom. Amen. I know that I'm kind of sounding a little serious more than I usually am, but I, I, if you don't know me, that's me. I, I wasn't raised that way, and I won't tolerate it. And I'm so thankful I belong to a church that doesn't either. Amen? All right. Let's see if we can get out of the serious mode here. God's will is that none will perish. His will and our purpose is that his church will reach all people with his gospel. His will is our purpose, that we're going to reach the whole world with his gospel. In each of the gospel's renderings of what we call the Great Commission, the writer stated that Jesus called them to go to where all nations or to all creation. The New Testament church was designed to fulfill God's timeless will. Peter preached that the spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Have you... Siri uh, thought I was talking to her. I just won't say that phrase anymore, right? That happens. Um, I don't know where I'm at now. <laughs> All flesh. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, there, there, see, God, thank you for getting a little comedy in here. Hallelujah. You guys look like you're going to throw stuff at me. So, of course, God wants to pour out his spirit on everyone. Everyone. Have you ever seen a deaf, a deaf person get the Holy Ghost? It's a beautiful thing. It is amazing. It is awesome. God can do that. All nations, all peoples, all kinds of people in those nations. No one, I don't want to say exempt, no one should be withheld because of anything in their life. So God wants to pour out his flesh or, or his spirit upon all flesh. And However, God had to address these barriers even in the book of Acts and prepare his people, yes, even Peter, to overcome them and begin the process of becoming the church he desired to build. The church today... Today doesn't address this. I'm not addressing this today uh, to, uh, to be culturally correct or politically correct. We do it in order to fulfill our commission and do the will of the Father. If anybody ever comes up or you hear anything different, that's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. We, we, we do this because it's God's will. And I believe that when we have the Holy Ghost, we will break those barriers down brother george isn't here but if you ever want to just go talk to brother george uh for a couple minutes about about his testimony amen the holy ghost is powerful it is a mighty god heard the prayer of cornelius i know i'm saying that wrong so forgive me renee pearl the 
this surprised Peter somewhat, but he realized God appeared to him during this time of prayer and fasting. Peter received a revelation that would shape his ministry for the rest of his life as well. And Peter said this, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. This may seem obvious now, but this was a radical message that defied all Jewish wisdom and tradition that Peter had ever been taught. What? All nations? We're going to reach out? The New Testament church's gospel cut all cultural barriers and prejudices Peter had while he, w- um, he stood in the home of, his, uh, of this Gentile uh, commander. It just cut. The barriers dropped. Just then Peter understood the internal and true impact of the words he spoke. Back in Acts 2.39, he said this, For the promises unto you and to your children, and even that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter received the Holy Spirit. So initially, it seems shocking to realize. Now this, I'm getting serious again, so don't, don't pick up anything at me. He received the Holy Ghost. So it's kind of shocking that he still had to deal with cultural barriers but he did but he did and cultural biases let's leave Peter just for a moment here Um, it, it seems shocking at first but when we think of how we might have hurt someone or did something wrong after we got the Holy Ghost have we have we ever thought about that it seems it does seem shocking that we could actually hurt somebody after we got the Holy Ghost that we could, we could have a bad attitude or personality, but it's true. Or we think of how we were the recipient of maybe somebody that hurt us, and they had the Holy Ghost. I remember back in high school when someone very close to me that was in the church, and I wasn't, could not keep a job because of his criticizing and condescending attitude towards coworkers. Yeah, he was in the church. He had the Holy Ghost. But he, but he had to, he had a mouth on him, right? And he couldn't keep a job, no matter what it was. And it wasn't because he was witnessing either. Without going into detail, that affected me greatly. I was not in the church yet, as I mentioned. I was still a teenager, as I mentioned. And I did not have an understanding that I do today. So what did I do? I decided I'm not getting into that church because of that person. And I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to run away and join the Navy. And I did. Fortunately, I got the Holy Ghost right before I joined the Navy. But that was my attitude because of somebody that hurt me or I looked at their life and saw, wait a second, you're supposed to be in the church, but yet you're doing all this bad stuff, all these crazy things. I don't want any of that. So, church, we must be very careful of our attitudes and negative personalities. We must not have those, basically. We could influence somebody else very badly. And we all have slipped. I I know that. I'm just saying we got to be careful of that. So let's get back to Peter. Peter spoke the will of God but still had to be taught how to live it out. We must allow the will of God to penetrate our minds and transform how we live. We are all called to go 
into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. The whole gospel to the whole world. Like Peter, our mission is to tell the gospel to everyone. The commission of the New Testament church is still our commission today. I, I counted a joy to be able to stand up here whenever I do to incorporate the Great Commission into the lesson. Because that church, if we're all adults here, we understand that's what we need to do as Christians is to reach the lost. That's it. We have incorporated other things into our church uh, um, atmosphere and stuff like that. We have Sunday school. We have uh, music. We have uh, two services. We have uh, um, fellowship. We have uh, sound systems and all that stuff. And all that is great. And what it does is amplifies our mission. But we can't forget our mission to reach the lost. Making God's vision for his church a reality was not easy. The more Gentiles were converted, certain Cultural frictions manifested. Some of the Jews argued that these converts had to be circumcised. And because of this deep-rooted tradition and culture, it was hard for them to accept that anyone could enter a covenant with God without observing the law. Paul and Barnabas uh, disagreed with this teaching or with this new thing. Uh, They traveled to Jerusalem to resolve the tension. We sometimes call this meeting Um, I read about this, uh, the Jerusalem Council or the Apostolic Council. It was a passionate, yet it was contentious. Peter, probably to the surprise of a lot, began to share his testimony of what, how God had opened his eyes and and, uh, took down the barriers. He reminded them that God chose him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And God, who knows the heart, confirmed he accepted them by filling them with the Holy Spirit, just as he filled the Jews on the day of Pentecost. Peter's testimony proved God placed no difference between Jews and Gentiles. Gentile salvation was just as complete as the Jews. Are you, are, are, I'm, this is just out of, off the top of my head, so I'm going to get in trouble. But I, I get excited when I meet somebody who's Jewish. I, I don't know, I just, I like that. I like telling him. One of the things, I, since I, I like joking around, I said, hey, we believe that there's only one God, both of us. And then that, you know, that brings a conversation out. But I, I do, I, I like that. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to be Jewish. I'm a Gentile. God gave me the Holy Ghost to live my life as a Gentile. Amen. Amen. Soon the people were willing to listen to Barnabas and Paul as they testified of the great work God was doing among other Gentiles. Thankfully, some believers bravely accepted the plan of God and withstood cultural tradition and wrong thinking in the church. Cultural can be, cultures can be a beautiful thing. We can celebrate and appreciate the diversity of our cultures and cultural experiences. However, no culture is universal or timeless. No culture is common to every person at any point in time. No culture is changeless over time. This creates a possibility for a culture to become a barrier that prevents people from truly connecting with each other. We saw an example with, with Peter, right? He had that barrier, and, and except for the Lord really breaking it down. The gospel, though, is the opposite. Whereas whereas a cultural cannot be universal and timeless, that's the gospel. 
very nature is universal and timeless. It must be common to every person anywhere at any time, and it cannot change over time or space. Just as culture, culture sorry, can potentially divide, the gospel can unite all humanity. And so we cannot confuse culture with the gospel. We embrace every culture, but we preach a gospel that is not driven by culture or traditional influences. The message of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the new birth is available because it is a message that will work for any and all. It will work from sometimes we ourselves put up a mental block when we preach or when we talk to somebody of an obvious different faith. But remember that um, this gospel, Jesus' message was so perfect that it will work for any and all. Amen. It will work. It works. We've seen it here. Uh, you've seen it if you've been in the church any, for, for any amount of time. You've seen it dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of times, how God can break down a cultural barrier or another religion barrier. So remember that when you're talking to somebody, the gospel will work for them. It will work. It is proven. As the apostles in Acts 15 said, we need to embrace anyone God embraces and love all who are born into God's kingdom regardless of an ethnicity, background, social status, and any other distinction. Okay, that's one, right? We have, we have all become fellow heirs of the promises of God. We have to embrace everything. And I mentioned this earlier before. We definitely as a church has to do that. But we also need to reach the world with that same attitude. So, what's the deal about bringing up the hurricane at the beginning to this message about God's desire to see all people and all nations saved? So maybe a, a day or two after the hurricane, um, I was listening to one of the few radio stations that I could pick up talking about the storm. Um, for some reason, I was driving around doing something, going to work or, or whatnot. I... Uh, and I, I heard an expert of something, I think a past expert uh, of some position, maybe FEMA or something like that, talking about the storm. And I was listening to him. And it wasn't his title or position that got my attention. It was something he said. He said this, and I'll try to paraphrase or quote as much as I can. Many people have gone through different storms. I think somebody had brought up the fact, oh, when I was here, when I was there. Ian, Irma, Michael, Andrew, Katrina, and so on, right? We, we know all these storms. And there are some people that will rate the storms by its significance. And in and, and doing that, they justify their experience in that particular storm. Oh, Irma, I did that and this or that, but you didn't do that. And I did this, and it was horrible for me, but it wasn't horrible for you. Or it was worse than me or worse for you. Oh, thank God where I live, and we don't talk about the people that live in the horrible places because... That would just be rude, but actually it's not because there's still people out there, and it happened. 
there are some people, he goes on to say, that will rate the storm this way. And then he went on to say, don't let anybody downgrade what you went through because this was your storm. This was yours, yours experience, your adventure, your problem. You were affected by this storm in a particular way because it was your storm. And immediately I thought out loud or, or I thought that will preach. When we all go through different storms in our life, that is particular to us. There are storms. To me, it's my storm. But you see, God's no respecter of persons. He created us all equal in the likeness of himself, but in different, different in our circumstances. Your storm, your issue, your circumstance is not mine. Though I might have an idea what you have gone through in similar trials, it's your storm, not my storm. God sends storms to all people. He died for all people. Just like the hurricane affected everyone in this area, everyone's circumstance is different. We can't judge a person on their circumstance. All those people that lined up outside and drove through, we'd have no clue because we couldn't talk to everybody. Some people we did. We, we have no clue what happened to them. But we, we treated them all the same with love and kindness and caring. Because they went through something. It was their experience. God's salvation is the same, but our testimonies are different. God's salvation is the same, but our testimonies are different. I, have made, I have made, uh, may have gone through the storm, but I have a God. It may be my storm, but he's my God. My storm, my God. I might have a personal storm, but I have a personal God. He's Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. God himself is our banner in victory. He gives us hope and a focus, and he is the one who wins our battles. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. No matter the storm, my God can supply every need. Amen. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer in the middle of the storm. Or after the storm. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace speaker. Jehovah Ra, he leads me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. That is, that is awesome to think about in the middle of a storm, after the storm. God lets us know he has not abandoned us. He is there, Jehovah Shammah. He is still there, both in the middle of the storm, afterwards, regardless of what you're going through or where you're hitting in, what you're hitting into. You can take comfort in knowing that God is already there. I believe that's what this church was demonstrating to this community after the storm. God has not abandoned you, Fort Myers. He has not abandoned you, and we, the church, will not abandon you. We aren't. We, uh, I, know, I know this today has been planned, amen, but what an awesome time to let the people know just a few weeks before this service that the church here on Plantation has not abandoned you. We are here for you. We might not know the significance of your storm, but I know a God who does. As Pastor has stated before, barriers and walls were physically torn down by this hurricane, but so were barriers and walls to our eyes and our hearts. God wants every soul of every nation to be saved. Church, we have a mission here to do just that, starting in our community. 
in our county. Change gears real quick. How many have gone through an emotional, mental, or physical storm in your life and God brought you through changed? Not just brought you through the same, but he brought you through changed. I wholeheartedly agree with Pastor when he mentioned uh, a week or two ago that we cannot go back to how it was. Not knowing your neighbors, not knowing your neighbor's neighbors. And Pastor, church, I believe that this is a sentiment of, of the community out there too. If you've talked to anybody, they might have told you the same kind of thing. My coworker uh, that I work with every day, he, he kind of surprised. He goes, I have, a, I have a memorandum that I cannot put my fence up again in my backyard. I was like, what? And he went on to tell the story that he was back there getting, collecting the pieces. He lives in Cape Coral. And uh, Cape Coral was, I know some of you live there or a lot of you live there. And I've driven there and we helped out some folks over there. But it, it was rough. And, and, and they appreciate the prayers and the supplies that they got here and brought back over there. Every one of them do. And my friend was out there, and he was clearing his debris, and he took down the fence. And while he's doing it, next thing he knows, this little girl comes running through. Can I help? Oh, okay. And it was the same age as his girl. And they had met them, met them once before, a firefighter and I think a, um, a nurse or, or somebody back there. And long story short, they started talking. The husband came out. They started talking. The girls are in the room playing. They, they brought a table out next to them. They're, they're, they're just playing in culture. And he's gotten to meet his neighbors for the first time. He said, I, why would I go back to where it was before? And I'm like, that'll preach. That is exactly what God is doing to our community and our, our church. I don't want to go back to the way it was. In fact, the day after, I think it was the day after Pastor talked about um, on Sunday about our hearts becoming cold or, or complacent, how it used to be. But now the bearer, he actually said those exact words. He said he was talking to somebody about how he was like, he was teasing her, but he said, has your heart grown cold? And I was like, oh, let me tell you about the message that I just heard Sunday Maybe it's time to fulfill God's great commission by not putting the things that held us back from reaching the lost back in our lives. You're an ad I've mentioned this before, and I, hate, I, I know that belittles people, but we are all adults. We know what's holding us back. We know. I, I don't need to come up and go down a list of things in my life or in your life. I don't know. It's your storm. It's your relationship with God. But it ultimately comes down to our honest relationship with God and our desire to reach out to people. Do you want to reach the lost? That is a question that probably needs to be asked. Some of us just like coasting through church, just like coasting through our testimony, our, our, our service, our lives. Do we want to reach the lost? I, I think our pastor, his family, the ministers in our church, we want to reach the lost. I think you that are here right now this morning at Sunday school want to reach the lost. Those who signed up to work and to help and to, to wait tables on people want to reach the lost. 
I believe that. Why don't we stand today? I'm just going to wrap it up here in just a second. As I mentioned, today's All Nations Day. The theme is that all nations can be unified in Christ. Unified in Christ's mission. And you, unity doesn't come easy to human us, to human nature, because it requires selflessness and sacrifice and empathy and bearing one another in love. I think if there was ever a question about our attitude towards this community was answered because of the storm. Because of that. If you have any questions whether we want to reach the lost or not, just go talk to Pastor. Talk to Sister Taylor, how they organize this unbelievable uh, days and events to help reach the city. Talk to someone who, who worked all day and then came out here or went to somebody's house and helped them. I know people that, that, as I mentioned, that aren't in church that said, I can't go back. I can't go back. And I, we, don't, we don't need to. Amen. As we look to him and draw near to God, he will draw near to, we will draw near to our brothers and sisters in this church and in our city. Because of the spirit of God that lives in us, we can love and embrace anyone and everyone. Aren't you glad of that? Why don't we lift our hands and just go before the Lord and begin to praise and worship and sing, sing to the Lord Jesus. Thank you, God.
able just to touch these people's lives through the prayers. I don't want church, I don't want to wait for another storm, a physical for that to happen again. Let's go out. Amen. Today let's take the opportunity to to to, to meet someone today. Some of our guests a little bit later on. Take an opportunity just to just to love on them. You know? Just to love them. Make contact. In the name of Jesus. God bless you all. We will see you here in a little bit later.